now. We are recording. Hi, and welcome to On and Off, our podcast series covering the on-premise and off-premise beverage alcohol industry. I'm Melissa Dowling, the editor of Cheers. And I'm Kyle Swartz, editor of Beverage Dynamics Magazine. Today we're going to be talking about hard seltzer, which wasn't even really a category a few years ago. But now sales of hard seltzer are just taking off for the past year. As of June, we're at $2.7 That's yearly, according to Nielsen data. I know, and that was before a rush of the big beer and and spirit brands really got into the market. You know, because just this year we've seen hard seltzer launches from Corona, Bud Light, Jose Cuervo. Um, I know there's been a bunch of others. They just keep coming every day. Um, it just came out that Heineken's going to be partnering with Arizona Beverage on one. Coca Cola next year is coming out with a. Topo Chico hard seltzer, which is, is going to be huge. Um, but before we get into some of the brands and things, what are you hearing from the retailers in terms of hard seltzer sales? Well, I did want to mention, you know, if, if you people uh, listening want to hear more about that Heineken brand they're launching with Arizona Beverage, we just wrote about that on Beverage Dynamics. It'll probably be up on Cheers as well. So check out the article there. Uh, but getting to retail, you know, I don't think this is going to be any surprise to anybody listening, but uh, hard seltzer remains on fire at retail. You know, they really are just taking off. You're seeing hard seltzer brands eating into the shelf space for craft beer. They're, they're really starting to push some of those craft beer products uh, over to the side. You know, category leader White Claw, by its own estimation, is up a staggering 275% this year in sales. Uh, a company spokesperson told me recently that White Claw has the second highest household penetration in all of beer, higher than large mega brands like Coors Light, Budweiser, or Corona. So, you know, it's it's no wonder that, you know, you're talking about Corona launching their own version of hard seltzer recently. It's no wonder that everyone's getting into this game, um, you know, which, which leads to the question, how much market space is left for all of these brands? And obviously, White Claw and Truly and uh, Bud Light Seltzer, which came out recently, we'll get to that. Uh, those are the market leaders, and those have the majority, the vast majority of the market space. Uh, but there's still a lot of room left in this category, you know. Uh, and I think why the reason for that is that hard seltzer benefits benefits by reflecting multiple consumer trends. It really taps into a lot of things that are driving consumer sales right now. Uh, hard seltzers they're typically healthier and lower ABV than beer. You didn't see me uh, doing the air quotes. You can't see this, but uh, I did air quotes when I said healthier, of course, because you know, I saw it. That's <laughs> right, Melissa saw it, because we're here on Zoom. But they're, they're considered healthier and lower ABV than beer, and that taps into the wellness trend. Uh, they contain all natural ingredients. That also taps into wellness, as well as the premiumization trend that's flowing through alcohol. Uh, hard seltzers, and we'll get to this a little bit more later, but they're varying in flavor very well. That taps into the trend of consumers wanting to experiment at all-time highs right now, which is really driving a lot of alcohol sales. Uh, of course, hard seltzers come in cans, which taps into the trend of the to-go and convenience right now. Canned uh, products, canned, canned uh, beers and canned wines obviously got consumers thinking about canned products, and now uh, hard seltzers taking off with cans. More on that later. And hard seltzer, you know, they also tap into the trend of uh, 
accessibility. They, they, by, by which I mean, uh, you know, all uh, genders, all people of socioeconomic backgrounds, everybody drinks hard seltzers. You know, a good chance, no matter where you came from in 2020, you were drinking hard seltzer at some point. And I've seen everybody drink hard seltzer. So they tap into all demos and they tap into nearly all trends that are dominant right now in alcohol. So it's no surprise that these products are on fire. Yeah, I, I actually had to admit late last year that, you know, I, I was wrong in that I didn't think it was really going to take off on premise. Um, you know, I just felt like who wants to go out to a bar and have a, you know, a hard seltzer. Sure. But, um, you know, it's it's really taking from those vodka soda orders, which is, you know, as a legend goes, how the category was born. You know, the Spike Seltzer, one of those guys just saw, was at a bar and just was watching people ordering vodka sodas, you know, mostly women. And he just, you know, that's how he thought of the product. Um, but I still didn't think people would go to a bar and order it. Um, but they do. And uh, right now, the hard seltzer are on tap. Um, I shouldn't say right now, but it, it probably started about a year ago and was really taking off um, before the pandemic hit. There was some Nielsen data that said uh, the number of consumers drinking hard seltzers on premise increased 73% from spring 2019 to fall 2019. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, and that's not even counting for holiday and winter and, um, you know, what's the, how the whole pandemic um, affects things. You know, um, did the retailers, I know they saw a big boost in, in beer sales, and well, sales of everything, but um, a lot of the macro beer brands as people stocked up with the familiar. Did they see the same lift with hard seltzer? Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, White Claw is difficult to keep on the shelves. Hard, hard seltzers just flying off the shelves, especially um, you know when the pandemic first hit. It hit the end of March, so then we moved into the warmer months of the year. Uh, you know, the summer as people, for better or for worse, started to get back outside again. And hard seltzer sales have definitely continued to spike. Yeah, um, it was last year, I think I was talking to, I think it was Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wings, and they were saying out on the patio, people would order hard seltzer. But when they were inside at the bar, they would kind of revert back to the, the vodka soda order. So it is interesting. It has a real outdoor kind of casual mentality. There is a seasonal component to it. And I wonder uh, what seltzer sales will look like this coming winter. I mean, you know, obviously with the pandemic, it's going to be kind of a difficult uh, winter altogether. Uh, and, and I assume, uh, you know, on-premise will continue to struggle, uh, unfortunately. So I, I, I do wonder whether the seasonality plus the on-premise struggles are going to affect hard seltzer sales. But part of me also sees, and this is just me seeing my own friends and kind of keeping track of what they're drinking. So I'm just seeing more and more people moving to hard seltzers as their go-to drinks, period. And this includes a lot of craft beer fans. Uh, a lot of my friends who drink a lot of craft beer, by which I mean all of my friends, uh, a lot of them are now mixing in more and more hard seltzer. I'm seeing they'll have a craft beer, then a hard seltzer. They'll have a craft beer and then a hard seltzer. So I wonder if it's gained a permanent space in the drinking repertoire of people 
uh, and will continue to be uh, popular even during these coming colder months. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or anything. Well, uh, the same study uh, that I referred to before said that, you know, for the time period, weekly on-premise sales of hard seltzers now surpass those of the entire pale ale beer category. So I wonder if, uh, if it's, you know, just taking over that kind of beer order, you know, I'm just going to have a beer or I'm going to drink then a beer or something like that. If they are just substituting um, hard seltzer in for that beer. That, that wouldn't surprise me as well. I heard similar things when I spoke with Drizzly a couple months back about what their trends were during the pandemic. And I believe that they told me that hard seltzer was their number one beer order. You know, obviously uh, categorizing it under beer, hard seltzer, I believe beat all other beers. So I, I definitely see that. And, you know, it's, uh, speaking as someone who is a gigantic craft beer nerd and a giant craft beer fan, th- there is a thing about drinking craft beer and feeling the weight of it in your stomach versus drinking hard seltzer, you can get away with more just because it doesn't sit uh, as heavily uh, as you're consuming it. So there's something to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't really call it healthy, but it's definitely one of those better for you choices when you're looking at, um, you know, alcoholic drinks. We're using those ear quotes again, air quotes again. Better for you. And hyphens, too. <laughs> Technically, that's right. And hyphens, yes. Us, us uh, word nerds here, we're going to get into hyphen discussion. Uh, if anyone's <laughs> listening after that hyphen joke, uh, you know, one thing to keep an eye on in 2021, besides how these seltzers uh, perform in the cold months, is what is the next evolution of this category going to look like? And I have to say, this has been one of the things that's really been top of mind for me recently, is what we're going to see next from the hard seltzer category. And I think we're already starting to see the next evolution uh, of seltzer products. And one of the top things I think from that is going to be seltzer-based cocktails, Uh, canned cocktails, of course, RTDs. And we've already seen a lot of that. A good example of this launched um, just this summer by Anheuser-Busch was Social Club Seltzer. This was a blend of hard seltzer and the RTD movement with a number of uh, cocktails. They put out an old-fashioned They put out a sidecar. They put out a citrus gimlet. Uh, A a, uh, Anheuser-Busch spokesperson told me it's a hard seltzer for occasions when consumers want something different. And it's inspired by classic cocktails. Uh, They made it, they were thinking of deviating from something already expected in the category. So we're seeing some innovations now. I'll I'll tell you another thing about the uh, Social Club seltzer brand. They're higher ABV. You know, we were talking about a lot of the hard seltzers are locale. Uh, better for you, air quotes, Uh, lower ABV. These are around 4%, 5% ABV beverages. Uh, The cocktails that I got from a social club seltzer, and they did send me some samples that were very good. Uh, Those were pushing seven, eight, maybe even 9% ABV. So you're seeing higher ABV option for people who want these. I will also report, you know, I I brought those social club seltzer samples up north with me when my friends and I went to a cabin in the Adirondacks in New York for a weekend. And boy, those, those flew out of the fridge. Once my friends found those, those disappeared in a blink. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of hard seltzer cocktails uh, next year. I, I have more on this. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add before I pratter on forever. Um, yeah, that's definitely a trend with the on-premise is, um, you know, having hard seltzer on tap, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings was testing an unflavored seltzer on tap to you know, you know just mix it up with fruit or 
um, you know, in actual cocktails. And right before we started, I got an email from the folks at Mighty Swell Seltzer. Oh, yeah. And she sent in, uh, they sent an email for uh, a recipe for a, a blackberry bramble. And it was just their blackberry seltzer, an ounce of bourbon, and, you know, some fresh blackberries. I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and so easy. Take one right now. Yeah. And then so, that does- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's that's definitely uh, something that we're seeing on-premise. And I think even at home, you know, people having a hard seltzer are kind of opting to um, kick it up a notch, you know, by adding a little vodka or some other spirit just to give it a little more, um, a little more octane and, and flavor. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, one of the things that we saw during the lockdown was this movement towards at-home mixology. You know, obviously the bars and restaurants, unfortunately, being closed, they're hampered in what they could offer. A lot of people, a lot of consumers just got used to making their own high-end cocktails at home. And so it makes sense that seltzers would, A, tap into this trend by promoting seltzer cocktails, and B, again, putting out their own pre-made seltzer cocktails. I imagine, I, I, I do not uh, claim to be a mixologist or a cocktail expert. I imagine seltzer is an easy thing to work with when creating a cocktail, though. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I think we were talking a little about about some of the brands. It's and we mentioned, you know, the big, well-known brands, but everybody that's brewing beer pretty much coming out with a hard seltzer now. Absolutely. Like crafty and local and all that. Um, I just wonder, you know, is there enough room in the market and just how do they differentiate themselves? Because it's, you know, there's, they're really fruit based, although there is, I did hear of a pumpkin spice one. I forget (laughs) who makes it. And I heard it was good, but (laughs) Um, and that may be, you know, where the seasonal things come in. But, you know, I just wonder, there's a lot of the beer people, you know, probably dismiss it, dismiss these. But, you know, we at the Cheers Beverage Conference, there was a beer panel and they were talking about the differentiating the, the different brands and flavors. And one of the panelists said, well, yeah, one tastes like cough syrup and the other tastes like <laughs> cough drops. <I> was like, <laughs> Ouch, you know, but I knew what he meant, but it, it's hard. There's just so much on the market and it's so overwhelming. You know, how do they stand out? Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've spoke with some craft brewers myself about this. And like you said, anyone who's brewing beer right now, or most people who is brewing beer right now is putting out seltzer. Uh, and that includes uh, most of the uh, larger craft breweries. For instance, Founders put out Mass Agave Premium Hard Seltzer uh, over the summer. I spoke with Mike Stevens, one of the founders of Founders. He said, our goal was to make a hard seltzer that actually tastes good. We wanted a more, <laughs> I know, who'd have thought? What a goal. <laughs> yeah, what a goal. And he said, we wanted a more natural approach utilizing agave and fresh fruits. Uh, we knew that if we were going to release a seltzer, it would have to appeal to craft drinkers and craft, excuse me, and seltzer drinkers alike, meaning the flavor and the quality had to be top notch while also delivering on the health credentials. There we are again with the healthier for you trend. But yes, as you were saying, these craft companies that are coming up with seltzers, their goal is to differentiate uh, via flavors, uh, via better flavoring. Uh, another one is um, 21st Amendment Brewery, like Founders. It's another OG craft brewery in America. And they rolled out their Soma hard seltzer over the summer 
And they said, uh, co-founder and brewmaster Sean O'Sullivan told me that Soma was brewed with their craft roots in mind. It's made using a natural fermentation process, giving it a cleaner flavor. Again, I'm quoting him. Uh, it's not made with grain neutral spirits. It's diluted with water. Instead, it's used made using that natural fermentation process to avoid having a metallic or artificial taste. So again, the goal is better flavor through craft procedures here. And that's how the craft brands are uh, trying to stand out. Yeah. So what, what do you see happening with the category? Um, you know, it was ex expected to double in size in 2020, which I'm, I'm sure that's, it, it will easily do, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I see continued expansion ahead. I don't see this slowing down next year. I may not even seeing it slowing down the year after that. It's just, this doesn't strike me as the cider boom from a few years ago where all of a sudden cider was exploding and cider was the next big thing and you're ordering a cider when you're, after you're sick of drinking four IPAs. This seems to me to be its own, or the same thing with the, um, I should say the hard soda category where everyone was putting out the root beer sodas. They were very heavy and kind of syrupy. I think this has good standalone quality, uh, standalone uh, abilities because it taps into so many different legitimate consumer trends and consumer trends that are continuing to grow. So I don't see this shrinking and the major brands uh, would agree with that. You know, I spoke with Ann Legan, she's the VP of brand marketing for Corona. Corona put out Corona hard seltzer in March. And uh, she says seltzer is a huge trend that has impacted the beer industry in the past year. And we don't see that stopping anytime soon. Um, I completely agree, though I will uh, preface, I will say there's one caveat here. And uh, the one thing that might end up holding back this category is the lack of aluminum in America right now. There is a uh, significant, as I'm sure many listeners know, a significant aluminum shortage in this country right now due to a number of factors, uh, one of which is the hard seltzer boom. Just there's so many new brands out there. They're eating up so much of the aluminum supply. Uh, and of course, the supply has been taxed by problems from COVID. COVID caused some of the aluminum production facilities to shut down. And then like pretty much everything else in this world, it caused, uh, it roiled the uh, wholesale distribution networks of aluminum. So it, it slowed down production, a slow down distribution at the same time that a giant trend was eating up more aluminum. And as you might imagine, uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi certainly bought up their fair share and are probably sitting on giant caches of it. Uh, so there's a, there's a real big aluminum shortage problem in this country right now. And that will probably slow down uh, production a tad through about, I would say, halfway through next year is what I'm hearing. I've also heard uh, that uh, Europe, for some reason, has a giant uh, stockpile of aluminum. So we may be gaining, we may be, we may be asking our European friends for some aluminum in the uh, near future to uh, help uh, can more of these products. Yeah, we're going to need it for sure. <laughs> I, I totally forgot that when when tr when truly spiked and sparkling, as it was called then, when it first came out, um, I think like four years ago, it, it was in bottles at first. Yeah, yeah. Then they went to cans. So it's really, you know, it's really a canned product. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. it it's portability, I guess, among other things. The convenience factor, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know you're right about the trends that it taps into, and also uh, across you know sexes, men, women, yep. different age groups, and um, you know generations. So I, I do think if 
it's here to stay or it will be here for a long while for sure. I completely agree. And, and you know, perhaps one closing thought here, I want to reiterate as we look to 2021, look for those uh, seltzer based RTD cocktails. I, I, I genuinely think that's going to be one of the biggest alcohol trends in 2021. We're already seeing a lot of signs of it. We're already seeing a lot of products coming out that reflect this. I'm hearing a similar chatter from uh, a lot of my friends in the industry. Uh, and it sounds like we're making some uh, progress. Uh, one, one of the things holding back canned RTD cocktails is no one's really figured out how to make, I believe it's a sour cocktail uh, that can stand up in aluminum, but it sounds like a couple of companies are getting close there. So I think that's going to be the category that explodes next year and adds even another layer on top of the hard seltzer movement, which is already going to explode next year. Right. Well, we will keep an eye on that. Um, well, that's definitely all we have time for today. It's, it, we could definitely keep going on this category because there's so much going on, but uh, we'll have to end it there. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you soon. That's right. Everybody take care. Thanks for listening, and cheers. All right, I'm going to stop recording.